Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. Lena Abjamra here and excited to be with you as usual on Thursdays. Thank you for checking in. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a review. And thank you for sharing it with others. Hey, if you don't know me, thanks for checking in. I am Lena. I'm a doctor by uh, practice and training, and I still practice telehealth. So if my voice sounds familiar, you may have heard me online. I work for an online doctor's company. I practiced pediatric ER for about 15, 16 years before I transitioned to this. And in the meantime, we grew our non profit. I've got a ministry called Living with Power Ministries, which is at livingwithpower.org that does all sorts of things from discipleship um, to uh, Bible study resources and writing books, as well as uh, work uh, with uh, refugees in the Middle East. Our vision is to bring hope to the world, and we do it by providing biblical truth for everyday life, but also by giving hope to those with urgent care uh, needs. And so uh, you have been a part of it. Many of you have supported our ministry, and if you'd like to continue to do it, please check us out at livingwithpower.org slash donate or slash global. And uh, if you have never heard of us before, uh, we would love to introduce you to the work we're doing. Hey, I just uh, released a book. It's called Through the Desert. It's beautiful. It has this gold sort of shimmery thing on the front. If you haven't bought it, uh, why not? Go on Amazon and buy it or check it out on our website. We've got a store at livingwithpower.org slash store. Uh, currently, as I'm speaking, we're actually showing the video series that goes with it. It's a six-week Bible study, and we're doing it on uh, our Facebook Live community page. For 24 hours, we post the teachings. Uh, you can find them at livingwithpower.org. Top right corner, there's a tab that says um, join our community. I'd love for you to join us. By the way, everything is at livingwithpower.org. But here on the podcast, I've been talking a little bit about the desert and different concepts contexts because um, I want us to think about the desert. I told you why I wrote the book a couple of weeks ago and why the desert has been such an obsession for me. Uh, Last week was Valentine's week and so we talked a little bit about the desert of dating and today I want to talk about the desert of community. So we're going to jump right in. I'm going to try to keep these uh, uh, manageable. I think that there's so much content in the world right now that I'd like to keep these as uh, concise as possible. So um, I don't have a specific Bible passage today. I guess I, I have a couple of verses or ideas to jump our conversation from as I I usually do. I, I, I want us to think biblically about all sorts of things, but the topic of today is navigating the Christian life in the desert of community. We have a desert of community right now. Uh, people are not plugged in like they used to be, partly driven by COVID, partly driven by failure of leadership and our cynicism as it pertains to leadership culture in the church and uh Uh, Whether it's that or whether you're just a product of our culture where you have moved around and don't live in a specific place and and, um, maybe you've been in a church and your experience was rotten or maybe you've never joined a church and don't know where to go. Listen, maybe you're in a church and you hate it and there's a small minority of you that are probably in churches and love it. Wherever you are in that spectrum, I think we can recognize that in 2023, we're living in a time when churches are suffering by many people leaving uh, the traditional cultures of uh, church community. And, uh, and as a result, we've got an epidemic of loneliness. Uh, by the way, the epidemic of loneliness is not just in the church. It's all over the United States, well-documented, well-written about, and we are victims of it. Uh, but not victims. We are going to learn from it. And so if you're a Christian trying to navigate the Christian life, can you do it if you're living in a desert of community? And the quick answer is no, it's not possible. But um, I don't want to give you just a quick answer. I want to give you three thoughts on this. A couple of verses that people think about when it comes to community is going to be in Hebrews 10, 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together 
as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the pattern of scripture has always been encouragement of meeting together in community. Of course, Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 through 47 describes the ideal early church community. But throughout the New Testament, you really see Christians in community. You never see them outside of community. So how do you navigate your Christian life if you're in a desert of community? Uh, well, not well. Uh, here's three big ideas. Number one, the desert of loneliness is a desert that can only be healed with a gift of community. The desert of loneliness is a desert that can only be healed with a gift of community. Again, remember we're focused on the desert and unfortunately sometimes the desert we're feeling is a desert of loneliness. You might be married and in a world of family and kids and be lonely. I know people who have 10, 12 kids, not commonly, but some, and they may be lonely. I don't know. I don't have, know them that well, but, but uh, I know singles can feel lonely and um, in the most surprising ways, this isn't the demographic that I'm talking about. This is an emotional need that comes up when we're alone. And sometimes we feel alone, even when we're amidst other people. And so you heal it with community, the gift of community. It's a gift, bottom line. God has given us the gift of community. All the way back to, to Genesis chapter 1, we see God three in one. Uh, of all the gods described by different religions, false gods, little gods, but none of them have this trinity, this Trinitarian concept of God, three in one, one in three. It doesn't make sense to us, but it is, uh, people have written books about it, trying to understand it. I don't understand it. I just believe it. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so from the beginning of the Bible, we see God talking about himself as we, let us create man, let us, you know, do whatever and on and on. And so God is about community and he saw Adam, he created Adam. And then he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And, and that might be for marriage, the, the concept of Adam not going to be alone gives him Eve, but it's, I think, true for people in general. God wants us to be in community with others. Uh, the New Testament, of course, uh, talks about the benefits of singleness. And so I don't think that God is saying, oh, if you're married, you're in community. If you're not, you're not. No, the concept of community is, is a church concept. It's a, the body of Christ. We're a community. We're, in fact, the language of body is a language of, of, of community. So we are co created for community, whether we are in community or not. And so usually loneliness happens when we are at odds with community. You might be in community where you don't feel like you're connecting with them. You might be showing up to a small group, let me put it this way, and not feel like you're communing in your community. That's a lot of communal words, but that's a, that's a problem these days. I mean, you can may show up and be like, who are these people? I can't comprehend them, I don't understand them, and that leads to loneliness. That's not the type of community God wants us to be in, where we scratch our heads going, man, I don't get these people. Uh, we're created for intimacy, that is first ours in the Trinity. We are to be intimate with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's where God feeds that intimacy. So we are to be in community with God through his son, Jesus Christ, uh, whether we are in a physical community here on earth or not. So just because you don't have a church community right now, maybe you're in a season where you're not in a you know, small group or in a church community, don't fret, you know, the plan is that God wants you to be in one, but until then, you always have community with God. He is our intimacy. He is our community. And so uh, don't lose sight of that. That's our first community. And so, but, but God's given us more even. He's given us the local church. He's given us the church body. That's why when, when today we were on the plane coming back from Florida to Chicago and where I live and, and my nephew uh, was conversing with uh, the one seatmate of his and he happened to be on the same flight as me and he 
told me, oh, I think she's a Christian. She was wearing a bracelet that said Philippians 4.13, and she, was, she talked about prayer, and so they talked a little bit about their faith. And so there was instant community, you see. So that is natural for us to feel a kinship with people who are part of the family of God. So the desert of loneliness is a desert that can only really be, be filled and healed with the gift of community. First, through the community of God, through his son, Jesus Christ. Do you have a relationship with God? Have you received Jesus as um, the payment for your sin? Do you trust him as your savior? And if you do, then we're told that we're given the right to be, uh, the language in John is, uh, John chapter one says that we're given the right to be called children of God. John chapter one, verse 12. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so that is family. And, and again, in Colossians, I believe he uses the language of heirs and children. And in Romans chapter eight, we can call him Abba Father. So that's number one. Number two is this. This is a good one. The desert of leadership failure in church community cannot be avoided no matter how hard you try. Most people in 2023 tell you, well, I'm not in a church because these guys cannot be trusted. You're probably right. Uh, if you've been wounded by the church, uh, you're in good company. I wrote a book about it called Fractured Faith, and it's about church hurt. Not just minor church hurt, but major betrayal that led to me questioning God and deconstructing for a season. And yet I'm here today and uh, sometimes still wrestling to find connection in churches. But at least I talk about it and I'm aware of my, my issues with church. But here's the thing. The desert of leadership failure cannot be avoided no matter how hard we try. It's naive for us to assume that there's never going to be leadership failure. All through the Bible are leaders who have failed. So this is a story. It's not the exception. It's the rule. Because they're not perfect. They're, they're sinful creatures like you and me. We must learn to accept that our leaders will fail. Now, listen, this other side of the coin, accepting that our leaders will fail does not mean that we excuse them when they do. I'm not saying we like that, you know, we like, oh, it's fine. You know, they're failures like us. They're sinners like us. No, we have to hold them to a higher standard because God holds them to a higher standard. And he tells us that in James chapter three, I believe he talks about that and in other areas of scripture. But but so accepting that they will fail doesn't mean that we excuse them. We have to hold them to a higher standard. Accepting that our leaders will fail does mean that we forgive them when they repent. Now, many leaders have not repented when they failed. That's not on us, because here's another thought on that. Accepting that our leaders will fail means accepting that they will suffer consequences for their failures. You and me are not the police of leadership failure. We have to be wise. We have to react according to God's spirit in us. And sometimes that means leaving a community when failure is unrepented of and has hurt others. There's been some big stories of that, scandals in the church in the last few years. But, but the desert of leadership failure, because this is what's happened. Churches have had massive leadership failures, and there has been enough leadership failure that none of us trust leadership anymore. Very few of us do. And the problem with that is that you can't go to church when you don't trust. You can't sit and humbly accept somebody's sermon when you don't trust them. <laughs> Every time they take an offering, you roll your eyes. You go, they're going to steal that. Build a big house with it, Right. Be careful when, when the spirit of that comes up in you, because first of all, God is, he's the judge and he's holding them accountable and he, and there will be an account. So leaders will fail. That doesn't mean we excuse them, but it does mean we forgive them. And it means we're wise, wise, wise. There's a time to stay and a time to leave. And there's different levels of failure. Some is acceptable to, to, to move on with. Others is not, you know, you can bring the wrong dessert to church potluck. That's one level of failure. And you can have an affair with your assistant. That's another level of failure. So be careful uh, how you judge and let God be the one who, who, who judges all things. 
So we must learn to accept that our leaders will fail. We must resolve to fix our eyes, not on our God-given leaders, but on our God as our leader. Okay? I love word plays. We must resolve to fix our eyes, not on our God-given leaders, but on God as our leader. First, he is our leader. He's the leader of the church. Leaders come and go. Pastors come and go. Small group leaders come and go. Kings come and go. Presidents come and go. But God is our leader. And there's coming a time when he will physically be leading us. Right now, we're seeing, you know, different leaders come and go. And we forget that this kingdom of this earth is not lasting forever. God is the one whose kingdom will last forever. And Jesus will reign and is, is reigning, but will reign physically over the world soon. So I mean, we must be willing to submit to our God-given leaders for the sake of our Lord. If God has put someone in a position of leadership, as long as there isn't blatant sin, I mean, this is where I think you need to wisdom. If you're in a church where the pastor is blatantly sinning, leave. That can be financial sin. That can be, you know, if they're not held accountable, if the elders in the church are not holding them accountable, if you know, there has to be the ability to, 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 to leave if there's no sense of accountability and, and unrepented of sin. And how that looks like, I cannot give you formulas. You go, it's been a week, he hasn't repented, versus you've been there 10 years and nothing has changed. I don't know where the balance is. I know that it takes prayer and a sensitivity to the Spirit of God, but a loneliness can happen. How do you navigate the Christian life in the desert of community? Well, part of this desert is, um, first, community is a gift. Look for it, find it, receive it. Secondly, don't become estranged from community because your leaders have failed. They're going to fail. They will fail you. Sooner or later, everyone fails us. Uh, but be careful. Let God judge. Be wise. Look with discernment uh, to do the right thing. And lastly, the last thought here is the desert of compromise in Christian community requires us to live by biblical resolve. As a person who is a committed Christian, you, me, you know, or even if you're not, maybe you're a casual Christian navigating the Christian life, one of the desert of community is this we're living in a culture right now, we're living in a desert of compromise in the church. Many churches, I mean, you hear about the big churches, the Methodist church, the Lutheran church, the Episcopal church, they're dividing. I don't know if the Lutheran church is doing that. I'm sorry. I don't want to pick. I'm just giving examples of general denominations. But I think the Methodist church has had a big rift over the LGBTQ issue. Uh, the Episcopalians have had rifts over other issues. I think the Southern Baptists are fighting about women preachers. I mean, but there's a lot of different areas of, of what some would call compromise, etc. Now, that leaves you feeling like you're in a desert. And that desert of compromise in Christian community, in cultural areas. And I think, honestly, the, the issue on the LGBTQ, uh, marriage, what is marriage, definition of marriage, identity, gender identity, I think that is probably the biggest area right now of serious compromise. That requires us to live by biblical resolve. Okay, women preachers, I mean, that's been a while. I, I don't know that I'd put it in the same tier. I think that's a different tier. You can disagree with someone on whether a woman can be a pastor or not, but you need biblical understanding and resolve and commitment. But I think you can disagree on, 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 on some things. You can disagree on the speaking in tongues. You can disagree on the style of music, but there are some things that are a little bit more serious. Uh, compromise has come in many, many different ways. Um, of course, there's a other side of it. Besides, I mean, I mentioned the LGBTQ. We, we can mention the other side of it, which is the Christian nationalist, the politics in the church. That's the other extreme right version of, of the debate also. How do you, that leaves you feeling in a desert. If you're a Christian who is committed to the word of God and you're in a church that has gone extreme to the right or the left, you can feel like you're in a desert of community. How do you navigate that? Well, you navigate it by, by biblical resolve. 
So, so just because our culture is drifting from Christian ethics does not mean we are expected to drift too. So your church might be drifting, maybe they're pressed by a number of different reasons, but be careful. There's a point where you need to stand up for what's right. Just because Christian community is drifting does not mean we must drift from biblical resolve, all right? How do you do biblical resolve? Well, you learn the Bible. You ask God to show you. You study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That doesn't mean you memorize 15 verses of scripture and can't apply them. That means you know God's word. You know God's heart. That means you pursue after the Lord. And so if you're feeling like you're in a desert of community because there's compromise in your church, it may be time to find the gift of another community if you can't. Uh, come to a place of peace um, and standing on the truth of God's word. And so, listen, these are serious things. I, I realize we are living in a day and age where we are s- struggling, suffering in a desert of community. Uh, if you're in an area and you're not in community, I get emails like this all the time. Like, I want to be in a church. I don't know where to go to church. No, Number one, we're praying for you. Number two, email me. Uh, you might be surprised. I might know churches in your area. So I'd love to answer a question if you need a church community. And I, by the way, and I do believe in the importance of a local church. Yes, meeting with a couple of believers for coffee is a form of community, but I think there is a church community that God has described in the New Testament through the writers of the New Testament that I think has to be a part of our Christian growth. I'm going to pray that God will help us. All of us are in need of this. And uh, you can attend church. There are seasons right now I feel like I attend church, but I'm not as deeply embedded in a church community as I'd like to be. And so my prayer for 2023 for me is that God will help me be more engaged in a church community. Um, there's a lot of reasons for it. I'm not making excuses. I travel a lot. Uh, my church home in Chicago is an hour from 45 minutes from where I live. It's been a challenge for me. So pray with me. Pray that God, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I go to church every Sunday with very rare exception, but I need to be in a bigger, more engaged church community. I have Christian community, but I need church community. And I think navigating that requires honesty and intentionality. And so let's do this together, guys. Uh, I really want to, I really want victory in this area. And I, I, not just victory, I want, let, let me use the term fullness. I want fullness in this area. I want joy of community. I think there's the gift of the local church that, that I uh, want to be more a part of. And if that's you too, then, uh, then let's pray together over this. All right, guys, God, would you please hear our prayers and open a place for us to worship you with other brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can make a difference in this world. Protect the church and help those leaders that are leading us to do the right thing and to be honest in all their dealings and and quick to repent. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Well, hey, it's been great to be with you. If you'd like to find out more about our community, uh, because we do have a community here at Living With Power, check us out at livingwithpower.org or download our app. I'd love for you to join our Facebook community. It's a live Thursday night teaching event and you can join it anytime. Also, if you want to get the book, The Desert Book, man, I know you're going to love it. It comes with a free DVD series that you can do on your own or with a group. You can check it out on Amazon or go to livingwithpower.org. You'll see it at the top of the page. Also, if you subscribe to our website, you can get a daily uh, inbox devotional that's free for you at uh, livingwithpower.org. Again, tons of stuff for you to grow in your walk with God and to Live in awareness of Christ's presence in your life. Hey, we love you. If you've got questions about the faith, shoot me an email, lena at livingwithpower.org. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you again next week.